evening or good morning, depending on what time it is when you're listening to this. Uh, hello, Ruin for God listeners. Uh, sorry I've been gone for so long. Uh, I got to be honest, getting COVID has thrown me for a loop for multiple weeks. Uh, and at the end of the day, we're just trying to figure out how we can continue this podcast going. Uh, be a, to be able to reach to other people was very hard for a short time because once again, COVID still has not gone away. Uh, we are here in the beginning year of 2022. We finished 2021. It's behind us, but there's still plenty of effects of it going on today. Um, I wanted you guys to know I am. We are still on. We are still going to bring you uh, people who have stories and something to share of how awesome God is and where where He can bring you from in the midst of everything that's going on. Um, today I have a special guest. He's a really good friend of mine. He's actually one of the first persons I ever interviewed for a uh, room for God, but I never got because I was a, a new person and new to editing and whatnot. I completely ruined the episode and was able, not unable to release it. Uh, he had a great story. Um, things have changed in his life and, uh, He's experienced more, as all of us have in the year 2021. Pretty sure you have a list of stories that have happened. Uh, but uh, this is my buddy. His name is Russell. Uh, he'll introduce himself shortly. Very good man. Uh, father, a recruiter for a Christian college. Really awesome. My alumni, his alumni. Uh, very great people, professors, students, uh, international ones. But he is a... Uh, He's a recruiter. He goes to places and does things. So, Russell, how about you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Russell Morrow. Um, Charles and I, um, when he was coming up for this uh, this name, uh, Ruin for God podcast, you know, I just thought it was amazing. I will be forever known as the Lost Tapes. Yes. Um, maybe the first and only, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think a lot of that needed to be edited out because we were, we, yeah, we, were we went on a lot of rabbit trails. It, it, so. it literally was, hey, you want to hang, you want to try and record a podcast? But we just recorded ourselves talking. Right. For two hours. And then we started recording our rabbit rabbit trails in the midst. It was recording for two hours and then we got into the podcast. (laughs) Uh, So when I tried editing all that, I'm like, well, which part? And then I realized I had cut too much in the wrong spot or or something like that. I'm like, I want to keep that story in though. (laughs) That's a good story. Wait, maybe that's not what people need to hear right off the bat. They need to learn I'm funny later or that I have a little dark humor. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, I'm excited to be on here. Um, I'm just, uh, I just love what you do, Charles. And um, just to hear the podcast, what it's become is just awesome. Okay. You know, um, I think that God is really glorified through it. And so, um, you know, just telling stories of where we're at and where God's taken us, leading us. I think that's, that's the main thing. And um, so, yeah, that's, uh, it's kind of me. Yeah. I appreciate it. I know, uh, We've in the past year we've had several. I've said people reach out to me through Facebook uh, or Instagram messages, just saying, "Hey, this really helped me in this moment." And there's a cornucopia. Of, there's people who are living a life of drug addiction or prison or uh, some that never been in you know that specific area. They were they're safe people. They still had problems. You know, they're, they're we had a, my neighbor on, <laughs> and hopefully with Sue will have her the husband on as well. And I want to get them together as a couple because you know their parents and to have a story from parents great. But it encouraged a lot of people, uh, and a lot of times I walked away feeling really great because it just it encouraged me to keep moving forward. Yeah. One thing we need right now is 
some uplifting stuff and some encouraging because sometimes there's some days you wake up, you look at the news, what's going on, and you're like, how are we going to make it through? And it's like, God's got this. He's pulled you through more. So. Yeah, and, and what you were mentioning, you know, before was that, you know, the lots going on in my life, you know, even since we last recorded this. And I think one of the biggest things that occurred, you know, was the loss of my mom, yeah, you know, that, uh, in October. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think that it's caused me and and kind of, you know, my dad had called me recently and he's going to give me the honor of doing her eulogy. Mm. And that's tough, obviously. Um, it's but it's caused me to really uh take a look at my life you know even from the just you know you almost have to go back to the very beginning and just looking over your life and you know how important my mom was obviously and um just just realizing how much of a gift from god she really was you know and she died in her early 60s and you know and so for a lot of people you know say that well that's way too young and you know i don't know i it's I kind of have mixed feelings about that right. because to me, when I look at her raising six kids, six, yeah, I forgot six, <laughs> six kids, and you think about you know me being a father and you know you being a father, you think about the the laundry involved, oh, yeah. you think about the dishes involved, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, we're even lucky that we even got her sixty some years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like she didn't you know yeah. die of a heart attack for all the stress we gave her you know at age forty, you know. So for me, it's it's been. Um, it's been really cool to look back at how God gave me such a great relationship with my mom Mm -hmm. and just looking back at relationships as a whole, you know, um, and how God has kind of blessed me with, with great relationships as far as even from, from when the day I got saved, you know, um, looking at the surrounding fabric of who he put in my life, And that's crucial, you know. Um, um, one thing that I want to talk about is even how I got to Heartland. Right. Because um, I, I kind of went through, you know, kind of give my, you know, background a little bit is that, you know, we grew up and uh, I was an Air Force brat. So, oh, and just was this would have been in the lost cave. It's somewhere. It's out there somewhere. Yeah, uh, this is very much the the <laughs> the stories that very much, and it's changed a little bit. But right, it's great. Uh, infused a little bit more, I guess you can say. Yeah. So a lot of this was was told in that story. You're gonna miss some good stories a little bit because yeah. it's gonna be slightly different. Yeah. But sorry, go ahead. No, it's fine. Um, yeah. So I was an Air Force brat, and my dad. Um, I think like. Again, like I have five siblings. And so my dad, when he entered the Air Force, you know, he was in Germany for his first, um, whatever you call it, uh, tour, yeah, first tour. Right. And then like he went uh, to Albuquerque, New Mexico. So my oldest sister was born in Germany. My my next siblings were were born in Albuquerque, New Mexico, my brother and my sister. And then, and then my dad moved to Wright Patterson Air Force Base, which is in Dayton, Ohio. And then he, um, my, my other brother and myself were born and are you the middle kid? Are you the middle kid? I'm the middle. Yeah. Oh, I'm the middle that child. makes more sense. Sorry. So <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm so honoring. Yeah. But anyway, um, so, and then my dad retired from the air force and then we settled in Western PA. So, um, I'm obviously, you know me, I'm proud to be from Western PA, uh, go Steelers. Um, 
Sorry, but, you had to hear that, listeners. Right. Yeah, my w- listeners that are Dallas, you you can, uh, yeah. Yeah, but even then, now nah, I can't say that. People know me that I'm from Dallas. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to say I'm a Pittsburgh fan. But anyway. <laughs> um, so anyway, just, you know, all long story short, you know, we grew up in Pennsylvania. Um, one of the things that kind of, you know, we had a great upbringing. Um, my mom was very much a, a person that believed that we all sit at the table for dinner. Um, we had that Christian upbringing. Um, we had close knit relationships with my grandparents, mm-hmm. which is another thing that, you know, any listeners out there that if you have kids, mm-hmm. it's really important that you have them have relationships with their grandparents um, because there's so much things that you can glean off your grandparents. Um I remember they were just so awesome at taking us to church. Um, there was even a season where my mom and dad, they didn't necessarily want to go to church anymore. Um, you know, with, you know, I guess there was some, some ill feelings towards the church at, at one point in their life, but my grandparents were really good at just making sure we stayed going to church and um, just really showed to us why it was important, you know, and, um, and uh, they were just great at, telling stories I still you know I still remember Bible stories that my grandma Ross used to tell me and that was my mom's mom and um, she you know I basically lived with her till I was like five years old you know until I went to actual public school you know but I look at it my mom was homeschooled for a bit no 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 I was um, until you know, five years until I was actual age. I oh, did go you to go? School. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, my youngest two siblings, they were homeschooled. But, mm-hmm. but I know I sadly I went to a public school. So, yes. And you know what public school is like. But, but anyway, it was a, uh, um, you know, I basically had a great upbringing. And then um, kind of God, um, you know, I knew a lot about God, but I didn't know. God was really going to bring situations in my life to test his realness, basically. Um, And one of the things that happened was my grandpa, my grandpa Morrow, my dad's dad, he ended up passing away. And that was a real slap in my face because a little slap in reality because I had not known death Mm. at that point. Um, And then so by him passing away, you know, I lost a really good friend. He was kind of like, you know, my brothers were my older brother and my younger brother, they were different. Um, yeah, but my grandpa, he, he really, you know, called me into the sports world, you yeah. know, and he's the one that got you set. You yeah. Up. And he was a coach. He was a basketball coach for years. And, and so he, um, as soon as I kind of, you know, gravitated to sports, you know, he definitely took on the coach, <laughs> uh, and, and really made me a, a better athlete. Um, and, so when I was 13, I was like 12 to 13 years old. I can't remember which, but my grandpa ended up passing away. Mm-hmm. And soon after that, my dad, um, he developed a brain aneurysm and it actually ruptured. Um, and <laughs> I'd say like 90% of people that it ruptures are dead on the spot. Right. Um, but thankfully for my dad, um, he, he lived, but he was in a, a hard fight for his life. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the, the realization that I really, um, this God that my grandma and grandpa talked about, um, I wanted to know if he was real or not. Right. Yeah. Cause, yeah. cause again, we were 
um, in that fight, he probably fought for about two weeks until the doctors could actually get him to where he needed to be. But I just remember one time we had this prayer meeting with my, um, my grandma, grandpa, they invited um, all the family over to their house and they basically prayed for my dad. And I just remember um, just busting out of there and like after they had finished praying and I just remember, you know, back then I was just really into riding bikes as a kid. And I just remember hopping on this bike and I just remember riding as fast as I could and just praying to God. And I was just like, God, if you're real, please save my dad. Please save my dad. And I just feel like on that bike ride is when I became saved. I don't know how it happened, but I felt the presence of God just almost wrap his arms around yeah, me. Yeah, you had one of those meetings, true meetings with just God was there. Yeah. I guess I'd almost say that that Holy Spirit presence yes. coming about and completely enveloping you. Yeah, those are awesome moments. Yeah, it was like, I really feel like even if he had not saved my dad, I feel like I would have believed in him just because yeah. the, I just felt his presence so strong in that moment. Um, you know, I just remember crying, tears of joy, and, and just really, uh, you know, and it was soon after that that, you know, I, I made it official, if you want to put the official stamp of, you know, praying the words, you know, praying the, the prayer of salvation. But, um, you Start know, I just it. really feel like that was my moment of, of salvation right there on that bike ride. Started wearing Jesus' ring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you wearing his pen, letting right. people know what's up. Yeah. Mm. But, um, you know, I really feel like, um, you know, as far as in, in regards to relationships, you know, because even though I was saved, you know, and my dad had that hard fight. He was probably in the hospital for about six months. Mm-hmm. And my mom really stepped up as far as, you know, being the caretaker, took on a role that um, she held for a long time after that in that, you know, my dad, there was parts of my dad that never really came back from that it's not um, really the stroke right it's, 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 that, it's yeah. pretty hard for people to recover but the fact that he did right praise god uh yeah praise god for sure um but there was parts of him that never came back and so um one of those was kind of like the um the disciplinarian a little bit and so um my mom had to really step up in in that regard as well um and so um you know, in regards to relationship, you know, my mom was, was crucial in my, in those years of, of my upbringing. And I'll tell you what, you know, we don't have teenagers yet, but we're going to have one day oh, yeah, have teenagers. Go. You got all boys and, and I got all girls. Yeah, it's coming. You think about the, the transition mm-hmm. from a 13 year old to a 16 year old. Oh yeah. Talk about a 16 year old to a 19 year old. Those are crucial years. Yeah. Um, and I just praise God that I had a mom that was willing to stand for righteousness, that was willing to call you out. Mm-hmm. I've heard some stories from your brother. She stepped uh, up. A disciplinary she was, apparently. Yeah. She <laughs> stepped up to the plate and yeah. she was willing to call you out um, when no one else would. No. And I needed that. Um, I can't ask, but just more, I want to, I'm trying to push you into it, but you're how, how tall are you? I'm six foot. How, and Albert, your older brother, about the same. Yeah, he's he's well, he's a little shorter little, than me. A little bit shorter, but, but so how when did you reach six feet? 
Oh, well, I'd when, say. When were you taller than your mom? Oh, yeah. I mean, right about my, mom, my mom's pretty short. Yeah, I was like, I've seen so, my mom, and she's surely she's disciplined. She's disciplined kids who are two feet taller than right. she is. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah, two to or 37. Like, and I've heard stories from Albert. Albert said it. Albert and my mom was a bigger lady. Yeah, she's a bigger butt. But, man, she could move fast. That's what he said. He's like, <laughs> he's like she once broke a wooden spoon on my head or, so, or just did something. Oh, that was a great story. Yeah. I, I witnessed that. Yeah. And she just, broke a spoon over his head and then <laughs> immediately said, you're paying for that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's great. But I'm like, she wasn't. The stories I've heard, at least from uh, specifically from your older brother, we, we, we were in Bible college for a short time together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was that she is like she wasn't scared to do it, which as a parent, now being a parent, I'm like, yes, she was. Yeah. She of course when it's up to her to handle it, there's always that thought of I don't want to do this too much where they they're scared of me. And when I go to touch or go to hug them, they, you know, they flinch from it. And that's an always constant thought as a parent, you know. Right. Am I being too harsh with my kids? Yeah. Um, even I asked my mother, she's like, well, I knew it was for your benefit. I was willing to do it, but it hurt. Yeah. It hurt too. And you said six kids. <laughs> My yeah. mother had four. Yeah. And sometimes she had a kid, but you had <laughs> it was six siblings all together, right. man. Probably not an easy household to try and keep everybody in line and yeah. all those things. So, you know, praise God for a strong woman like that. Yeah. Because yep. it takes a strong woman to to hold it down like yeah. that in a sense. And you know, another lesson that I learned from my mother, you know, in this crucial time period. Because you have to realize, like, teenagers, that's a crucial time period of their life, is, you know, me being a parent now, it just changes your perspective mm-hmm. on so many things. Um, one of the perspectives is that you have to realize who your son or daughter are hanging out with. Right. And you have to push them to the right people. You know, and I think that's why she, you know, may she may not have went to church, but she wanted us to go to church right. because she at least knew the relationships we were going to get into. Right. You know, those were, again, those were big moments in my life where um, I needed someone other than my mother. Mm-hmm. I needed someone other someone than my father to right. speak into my life because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, when you're a teenager, you're just an idiot. Yeah. You're an idiot. <laughs> you don't. Arrogant. You don't. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's sad that it has to happen like that or it does happen like that doesn't have to but um it's sad that you know you come around years later in your 20s and then you start listening to your yeah, parents you like, know wow that was really i can't believe <laughs> right yeah yeah and you realize because that realization man they were right all along uh-huh. you know um but you know what like i think parents realize that i think my mom realized that that she's she's not going to be the only voice mm. in my life you can't be the only voice right. in your in your your son or daughter's life, and so it's important that they have the relationships, and yet you're you're part of that process. Right. You know, you're part of that process of bringing those relationships. You know, um, to help your son and daughter mature. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think that speaks more to your mom a lot is to say, "Hey, I can't give you what everything. I can't be the only person that gives you. I know I don't have all this, the right. skills or right. the uh, even the answers." I'm going to push you towards the people who might, my yeah. mother did the same thing. She's like, at least you'll get there. You'll, I guess her words were at that, but it was like, you'll get a contact Christianity high or something right. by right. just going. Um, 
and now that you know things that you're you're involved with even here within our own church uh, youth group stuff you know so you're 13 i'm assuming she's you're you're sending you so you got to be going to youth group you got to be going to right i don't know what you guys may have had there and that but like you're touching base with people in a youth group uh, yeah. youth, youth pastors who are usually almost always very geeky people or guys right. who were maybe three years ago you know, we're in the youth group themselves or fresh out of seminary kind of situation. So who are some people in that, uh, that you met that, that really, the relationships you developed in there? Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I went through a season of probably seventh and eighth grade that I just stopped going to youth group because of the, there was certain cliques yeah, and that sort of thing. Um, but there was a, there was a guy named, um, a real influential guy in my night life and his name was Matthew Harbison and he kind of said you know hey why don't you come to youth group and I'm like ah, I don't really know like I just don't really want to and he's like no 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 you know, like you come with me mm. you know and that was that was huge too because Matt was like a cool kid Matt was he was older he was actually graduated from high school at the time but he was one of the youth leaders within there yeah. and it was that acceptance you know um, of like you're coming with me mm. and it's going to be good, you know? And so, um, and we actually, there was a different youth leader at this time. And, um, it was one of those things like he brought me in and I just, I fell in love with, uh, you know, the group there, you know, and it was that kind of the scars of, of being bullied and stuff like that. It was like, I think the the youth pastor that came in there, he understood that there were scars there from right. some of these kids. Um, and to repair those scars, the, the the goal was that we would be accepted. And as we grow older, that we accept the, the ones behind us. Yeah, so yeah, um, and so it was a, it was a great it was a great tight knit youth group um, where we really began to love each other. And we knew that we were weird and awkward and sometimes, but we loved each other despite those things. And um, we did a lot of things together. We did a lot of activities together, a lot of retreats. You know, we had this thing called snow camp, a lot of bonding there. And and just a lot of th- It was basically like a, a, a church camp that you went to in like the middle of winter. Oh, okay. We called it snow camp. Another so, story I remember from your back. Right. <laughs> the weird challenges and things. Like oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, you were uh, you're speaking. Your mom was pushing you at this time. This is between thirteen and sixteen or thirteen, fifteen. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, youth group went up to. I think I I even graduated high school and just stayed part of it, you know. So, um, yeah, and I just you know that was kind of my identity was was going to youth group and 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 just uh, you know kind of developing um, those relationships within that uh, youth group. Um, cause this is, again, when you're 18, you're still part of youth group. When you're 19, you're now a youth leader. Yeah. <laughs> so it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, right? I, like, I don't remember graduating. I'm like, yeah, but happened. Right. <laughs> um, and then there was kind of this, this inward struggle because like when you're 19 years old, you want to be a kid, but God's saying you can't be a kid anymore. Yeah. There's, there's definitely, and then even if you're hearing it from your parents, like, okay, if you live here, you're going to pay rent. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't live here, you're going to pay rent. So it's like either way, um, but rent was cheaper at our house than anywhere else. So I lived at home for that season, but there was this, 
this push, you know, like, what are you going to do with your life? Right. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's a hard thing to try to figure out. Um, because if you're not asking the right questions, which I wasn't, right. you know, cause I was asking, what do I want to do with my life? Not what does God want to do with my life? That's a big difference. Mm. Um, and so I, again, was building my identity of being this youth leader, um, who was living for Christ, but at the same time, I was also, you know, still, I, you know, one thing I struggled with even in high school was being a people pleaser. Um, and so, um, I had to really, again, this is where relationships played a factor because, you know, one of the things that was a humbling thing, but it was something that needed to happen in my life. You know, I worked at McDonald's for um, probably when I was 16. Oh, the dream. Yeah, the dream right there. <laughs> and then, again, I'm age 19 at the time, and I end up losing my job at McDonald's, right? Just being an idiot, being, being rebellious, <laughs> stupid. Um, like I'm 19, and I'm already running this place. <laughs> right. No, I've been there. No, I was basically the one that that did the job, did the job good, but also like was the the clown a little yeah, bit, you okay. know, and just joked around all the time. And so I feel like I was one of the first examples. Like, oh yeah, we know your your whole clique that you got there, and we're gonna make you the example. And so I was the first one fired, and soon <laughs> found out that the rest of my crew was soon fired after yeah. me. So they're like, there's no room in the McDonald's organization right. for a clown. How dare you say? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, losing my job at McDonald's, that was a humbling thing for sure. Um, and then, cause it's like, man, if you can't work at McDonald's, where can you work? <laughs> um, and then, you know, cause again, I was making my identity through, you know, Hey, I had money, I had friends, I had all this. Uh-huh. Um, and then, Right soon after that, my car broke down. Um, and so then I can't go see my friends because I don't have a car. And then it's like, how am I going to get this car fixed, you know, and, and all this all this drama that goes behind it. Well, then my grandpa, he ended up um, saying, hey, well, your Uncle Ralph he wasn't my uncle. He was kind of my adoptive uncle because my mom and him grew up together, basically. And so. Which grandpa was this? This is my grandpa, Ross. Grandpa Ross. Okay. So my mom's dad. Um, he said, hey, your uncle was looking to hire someone. And my mom, my uncle had just moved back from Oregon. So I didn't really know him too well. And I'm like, sure, I'll work with him. And we did we did like a trim work job. And so we made houses that look kind of crappy, like <laughs> look really, really good. Um, it's kind of amazing what trim work can do oh, yeah. um, to a house. Um, and just working with him was what I needed uh-huh. in that point in my life. Again, it was one of those things where I thought I knew it all very quickly, mm-hmm. learned that I didn't know it all because I'm not a woodworking guy. <laughs> I'm not that guy. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of giftings, but that is not one of them. Um, <laughs> and my uncle very quickly showed that to me and showed me that I don't look at the big picture in life. I'm very narrow-minded. And with trim work, you have to look at the big picture. Mm-hmm. And he showed me that lesson. Again, it was a huge <clears throat> lesson for me. And all this was kind of, um, you know, leading up to that, to what was, to asking those questions, you know, because we had devotions together um, every lunch. 
This was the uncle that you were yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. He was a Christian. He's a Christian teacher. And so, yeah, he was, he had a, you know, kind of a jack of all trades, uh-huh. uh, master of none, but you know, he, um, but you know what? He was, um, he was a teacher first and foremost at heart. And awesome. so he, he very much, we had devotions every day mm-hmm. and asking that question of like, you know, what is, what is God saying to you in this? You know, and that was, that was huge because it led to a lot of other things in my life. Um, you know, because one thing that I still loved was the word of God, you know, and had, it still had authority in my life, um, even at this time. And so, um, I just remember, you know, my brother, he was, he had gone through the recovery program through here at Heartland. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was telling me about, you know, hey, you know, he'd been to- telling me about this for years. Like, hey, you should come to this this Bible college that, that's out here. Mm-hmm. And I'll be, I'll just be completely honest. Like, <laughs> um, this is when Charlie was still alive and they had the gift shop for whatever reason had a lot of Charlie paraphernalia. Yeah. <laughs> they had the Charlie mug, they had the Charlie's chocolate and they had all this stuff. And so my, my family comes back from visiting, you know, with, with my brother, cause right after he graduated, they went out here and visited. And right after all that, they bring back all this paraphernalia. Right. And I'm like, okay, this place is a cult. Like, there's no way, yeah. like I'm not going out there. <laughs> And again, like, this is God going through the process in me because, again, when my brother's telling me all this, you know, I had a job at McDonald's. I had my, you know, friends. I had, you know, a car. And again, God starts taking those things from you. And, and again, this relationship with my uncle spurs these questions to what, what does God want from my life, you know? And kind of the linchpin, and I share this all the time, every time I do recruiting for the Bible college, I share this story because to me, it was, it was huge. A huge moment in my life was when I was reading in Matthew 28, you know, I was just in my room reading this and, you know, this is the great commission. Uh So we're all familiar with it, but when it says, go and make disciples of all men, that really stuck out to me because it's like, God, how can I make disciples of all men when I even consider myself a disciple of you? Right. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was the huge linchpin for me because it was a realization, I want to be a disciple of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? And again, that was um, when I told my uncle that, you know, and that was, that was going to be a tough moment because, mm-hmm. you know, he was going to lose a worker, you know? So I was fully expected my uncle to be, you know, disappointed, sad. He's just like, go for it. You know? And I was like, that was huge for me because you know when I told my mom about it this is what I'm thinking you know she she was like immediately sad obviously mm-hmm. because the implicate she knew the implications of what that meant right you know and uh my baby's leaving right you're taking my law you're taking my baby law right and uh, again it was the questions from family members that was like why would you go to Missouri to go to a Bible college? Right. And honestly, it sounds crazy when I say it because, you know, now that I'm a recruiter, yeah. there's Bible colleges everywhere, yeah. all across the United States. Um, but man, I don't regret 
coming to this Bible college, you know, because it was huge for me. Um, and again, like just having that relationship with my uncle, that was that was huge reaffirmation of what God was saying. Um, and I needed that. And so, um, you know, obviously it was it was bittersweet because I had to leave home. But then coming out here, and you talk about the relationships that I gained here in Heartland. Oh yeah, I'm talking to you right now. Uh-huh. Lord, you're one of them. Yeah, you know, and and arriving on the scene at Bible College, being horribly sick. Oh yeah, this is another great story too. Horribly sick because I actually uh, I got salmonella poisoning from a turtle that I had. I hated this stupid animal because it was always trying to hibernate. But I ended up uh, getting salmonella from this turtle because one of the last things I did before I came to Missouri was I cleaned out the turtle tank just to get rid of this turtle out of my room and in the process attaining salmonella. And so we and so this miserable process of getting to Missouri was horrible because I had an eight-hour overlay. We took a train, <laughs> had an eight-hour overlay in Chicago. So I have horrible memories of Chicago in particular mm-hmm. because I hit up every toilet probably in Chicago at the time. <laughs> uh, just – it was coming out of me. And even arriving at college oh, yeah. day one – I just remember you guys were planning an initiation with Nerf guns. You remember this? Oh yeah, that was a Nerf. Yeah, like you were Nerf planning gun. your initiation with Nerf gun, and you had sympathy upon. Me. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> uh, this guy's in the back. He's been in the back <laughs> like seven times since being here. I'm like, other guys, this guy's a jerk. Right. He wants nothing. I'm like, this guy. <laughs> this yeah, I guy. think you even you even dropped off some Pepto Bismol. Yeah, I'm like, we just dropped that. Like, like when I see someone hurt, I'm like, dude, I can't. So like, they're, we we would drop care packages off like crackers and like just eat crackers, yeah. and, like fill the hole, like just <laughs> right. yeah, Pepto, whatever. I'm like, oh, because it took. We didn't know you had salmonella poison. We didn't know that. We just saw you like this dude's just constantly in the bathroom. This guy's <laughs> wants nothing to do with us. Uh, and we've been your brother had been talking you up for weeks, maybe even a month or right. something. He's like, he's like, yeah, it's my younger brother, Russell. He's like a, a smaller, skinnier version of me, or actually not a smaller, just a skinnier version of me that's slightly taller, right. like bald and everything. And I'm like, that's hilarious. And then yeah. you show up, I'm like, that is, yeah, that is, yeah, that's awesome. It's uh, funny you say that because like on, on day one, like, uh, we get in late that night. Yeah. And my roommate was Dusty Rush. Dusty Rush. And it's funny because like we, I would like bust in the door and I'm like, like, are, are you supposed to do that? Like, I don't even know. Like, but he's like, he's like, it's cool. It's Dusty. Yeah. And so he busts down the door and Dusty looks up and apparently he sees these two silhouettes and we look, like, like, we look yes. exactly the yeah. same. Why are there two buses? Right. I do two two Alberts. Alberts. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then that. Albert. Amelia goes over to Dusty and just slaps him in the face. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, is this how things go? Yeah. And he's like, it's Dusty. It's, it's cool. Dusty. And I'm like, uh, wow. Why don't you have that? And I plan on having Dusty rush on. Right now, he's uh, he's a single father. He is in uh, Kansas, if I'm right. Yeah, he's in Kansas. Um, and I'm trying to get a uh, a video call or something going where we record because Dusty has plenty of stories. Oh, yeah. He's, I, he's I love Dusty like sure. a brother. Um, very good man. But yeah. There's photos out there you could almost find of myself 
and Dusty either choking each other <laughs> or slapping each other in the face. And I don't know why the urge to hit him in the face or him do it to me, that was seemed to be the greeting for some reason. Yep. It was done every bit in love. <laughs> it was never in, in hate or anger. But Dusty, yeah, Dusty was a great dude, just a great yep. man. Yep. He's, he's, he's a great father. He's out there demonstrating. He has a beautiful daughter out there too. So yep. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's your first encounter of Bible call. First few days, I just remember this guy's constantly going to bed, but then find out, oh, that's why we've yeah. been, uh, we're the jerks in this situation. <laughs> yeah, all right. And they're like, oh, he, I think it was your brother who just didn't say anything for a while. He's like, right. Yeah, he has salmonella poison. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, so that means, you know, <laughs> possibly out of the mouth, out of the bottom kind of situation. Yeah. He's like, yeah, so he's feeling pretty horrible. I'm like, because you were constantly getting up. I'm like, yeah. I have uncles who do that. And I know that's for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, no, no, he's just really, he doesn't feel that great. Yeah. Like, oh, good. But yeah, I yeah. appreciate the, the grace you guys extended me. And, yeah. you know, over those, those two years, some of the best years of my life, you know, um, again, coming from a public school, you know, where they're graduating, you know, 600, 700 people. And you're just a, you're just a name. You're just a number, you know, it feels like. And then coming to this school and it's, it's different, yeah. you know, because we are a small school. And, but for me, it was like a breath of fresh air, you know, because it's like you, you find out that these teachers, they really care about you, you know, it's like, it's something that I wasn't used to, you know, it was something that, you know, they, they see things in you, they see that are going to be used for God, you know, and they kind of pull that out of you. Right. You know, and that's, that's tough. That's tough sometimes, you know, um, you know, that, you know, one thing I wanted to bring up was the how relationships, how important it is to have vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a great there's a great TED talk. I don't know. Have you you've listened to TED talks? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Of course. There's one uh, by Brene Brown, and she's like she breaks down vulnerability mm-hmm. in a way that I have not heard before. Um, and how some of the most happy people are vulnerable which makes no sense right. because within vulnerability you're going to open up to probably open up a can of worms that mm-hmm. you in your flesh you're like I don't want to ever open this up you know I don't want to ever reveal this part of my life to anyone right but there really is freedom there really is mm-hmm. joy by being able to open yourself up to other people oh yeah um and that's honestly how you make close relationships by being able to do that um because again if you don't do that um and one of the things that she brings up that's so good in that is how we numb vulnerability Mm -hmm. you know we don't want to do that. So right. what do we do instead? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's, you know, awesome. um, that's where you see people go turn to drugs and alcohol. That's where you see people go to, you know, even food, comfort food. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I'm guilty of that. Uh-huh. You know, I don't want to deal with this issue. So I just eat it away, you know, like give me that chocolate, you know, do yeah. whatever. Um, there's just constant bad behavior that comes with trying to numb vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um and the better part would have been to just talk it up. Yeah. Address it head on and address it head on and realize it's not that big. Yeah. And realize how important relationships should be in your life. 
I want to bring it. I guess same experience because you speak about relationships, specific in the Bible college. There are those people you meet in Bible college, and you're like, we're both here to meet God and further our 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 knowledge and uh, deepen and enrich our spiritual life and right. and come to a a better understanding of who God is and what part we're supposed to not allow Him play that He allows us to play in His you know in right. His greater plan. Uh, but as is everywhere, like you, you spoke about with the youth group, there are cliques and there's things, even in Bible college, there's sometimes are people, it doesn't make them bad people. They're just, they're difficult. Right. <laughs> they're, they're just, they make it difficult, uh, not to love them, difficult to, to hold a relationship with them because sometimes they're just, they can be annoying. They mm-hmm. can be, uh, because of their own insecurities, because of right. their own agendas specifically, uh, it makes it very hard to right. try and connect with certain people. We've all had that person. Mm-hmm. I'm not naming names because we are a very close knit community. Right. Um, but those specific people help you more, almost more than some of the others. Yeah. And that's, that's what's so hard today for this culture that we live in today in this day and age, because they're so dismissive of relationships, mm. even. And I heard someone say that if it's a toxic relationship, get it out of your life. Mm. But it's like, look at, look, you still look at the saints of the Bible for a second. You know, I don't, I don't believe that to be true. You know, toxic relationships, think of all the toxic relationships that were in Joseph's life. Right. He couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't get rid of them because he was a slave. Mm-hmm. But look at those relationships and how they played the outcome of the them. outcome. And it wasn't, I'll show you, it was, I, I follow a higher calling for one. Right. That I'm supposed to love you. I'm supposed to treat you with respect because of the authority you have and certain things. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna still do you've done me wrong right. by every means of the word. Right. I'm still gonna serve you mm-hmm. because that's what my God has told me to do. Right. And you, the outcome ultimately by simply obeying. Right. Obeying and do as best as you can. You get kicked while you're there, but obey. The outcome is so much, like something so glorious. Something right. so, to stand above so many people. Like there's no need to to brag or to to do it. Even you see with specifically Joseph, his father, everybody didn't even couldn't tell that it was him at the right. very end of his life. And he wanted to put him through a little bit of stuff, but not because he was angry. Mm-hmm. He was trying to give him the opportunity. Do not tell it's me, kind of situation. Right. And to see that that the breakdown when he sees his younger brother. Right. The, 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 those situations that take place. And realized that vulnerability was right there the whole right. time. That that the relationship mattered more than anything, than status and all that. So really awesome. So yeah, yeah no, you get that. Yeah, I'm not and again, you know, just as a disclaimer, I'm not I'm not saying that, you know, you should be vulnerable with everybody. No, yeah, be smart. You know, you you have to you have to be vulnerable with people that are are gonna be trusted worthy, you know, you individuals. Ruin or no God. relational theology classes. Oh yeah speaks about to have a relation takes risks right to, you have to be vulnerable in a relationship where you have a, a best friend your best friend if he's right. doing something wrong you have to take chances mm-hmm. uh put yourself out there of almost put the relationship itself at risk to confront him with something because it's the person right. you love hey you're in the wrong here yeah you need to get this out of your life you need to deal with it this is got happen. you're almost putting that relationship online yeah. And uh, then there, there are other ones that <laughs> you have to keep people almost. You want to say at an arm's length, right? But you still have to love them, right? You have to love them appropriately, yeah. 
So I was bringing up one of the great classes that they have here at Heartland Christian Academy, or sorry, Heartland Christian College, uh, Relational Theology. Oh, very great class. class. What like class, the right. one of the best classes yeah. out there. But yeah, relation it speaks on it. It, yeah. it takes vulnerability. It takes chances. Sometimes you have to risk the relationship itself, right? Uh, for the betterment of the other person, right? Yeah, as well as yourself. In all fairness, because like you said, you go back to your son. We have kids. Who you're around uh, can affect effectively right. shape who you are, yeah, and who you become, and your character is shaped by those people. Yeah, and, and again, like when my son gets to the age where he's you know 21, you know, in college, you know, you have to ask him those things, like what kind of relationships do you have, you know, because if he's struggling, you know, there might be a reason to to that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he doesn't have relationships, you know, maybe he's not opening himself up to relationships. Does he have mentors that he's going to mm-hmm. and trying to glean from, you know, who's the godly person in your life? You know, are you trying to glean from godly people? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, that's one thing that I, I love about your family is your mom is a very godly person. Oh, yeah. You they, guys they, glean from that. Oh, yeah, big time. You we know, a lot in about scripture. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those things. Right. Yeah. But she's, yeah, she's very much that. Russell got to go down with me myself. We went down to Texas to help with the... Uh, clearing some yeah. some property we had down there but he got to see and hear my mom go off <laughs> about right. the arguments and well, I would say I can't remember the word I mean, I, it's, I'm blanking now but she knows the word uh, I say disagreements or debates we would right. have right. and she's like because of this Charles because of this right. and she saw it first at, with my nieces and nephews right. who were they were well your mom's a very passionate lady very I think so. it was hilarious the story she was sharing that she was arguing arguing <laughs> with the uh Oh, her, Mexican, her, like, her Spanish teacher, teacher. Her, Spanish her Spanish teacher about you know how to speak Spanish, Spanish yeah. and I was like, that is that is so your mom, yeah, right there, very much. So. You hear she's outspoken. She she's quick to put it on Facebook, but come everything is tagged to Jesus Christ. I still have to love this person, though they cut me off. Right. This is like, I love them, God. You know that the, <laughs> the or, uh, uh, was it the battle is yours and all these things. She's right. like, God's got that. Ultimately, God's got that. I love that. And she, you know, you guys, uh, listeners, you've heard her before her testimony. She talked about it. She, her, she has a powerful testimony. She has yeah. a lot of great stories. And there's so many more that are out there. Uh, she was there in my leadership, or sorry, my youth group, uh, youth, <laughs> youth uh, group journey in a sense. She, she came on board right. as a youth council member and all that. So I had my mom like right there during youth group, right. uh, as rebellious as I got, yeah. <laughs> it was incredible, incredible, but she was there yeah. to call me out. Like you better be listening, boy. And I mean, she didn't have to do that. I was around the right people mm-hmm. and she was there to help, you know, really reinforce it. Yeah. So we'd go home and she'd know where I was at. We'd have conversations. Yeah. Um, my mother is incredibly important to have someone that can reinforce yeah. that. Uh, and uh, yeah, so you guys, please go and listen to their that podcast. You, you'll you'll read you'll you'll receive a lot from it. It's yeah. very good yeah. to see the kind of woman your mother is. Yeah, and so just you know, continuing in this in this uh, relationship journey, you know, I'd be remiss to to not mention my wife. Yeah. You know, because you know, right after I graduated Bible College, you know, um, there's a guy here named Zach McCurdy. Oh yeah, that and uh, he was working the C store. At the time, and Zach and I become real close. Um, in fact, the funny story about how Zach and I first came in contact with each other was there was a couple guys 
Uh, they were both named Matthew that were in Bible college with us. Um, Matthew Cobb, Matthew Perry. Oh, that's right. Matthew Cobb. <laughs> right. And Perry. You're right. And so they were they were in the back of my car at one point. And there's like this this landing or this little strip of uh, road here in Heartland that, you know, the the suggested speed limit sign is what, 30 in Heartland or 25? Wait, what? Uh, Russell, have you been driving 30 through this community? Because it's 15. 15. Oh, yeah. That's that's the, that's <laughs> you, the speed limit. You've doubled the so 15. This is the, the strip of road by the lake, which <laughs> if like, people are going 15. It's 20. I, I seriously doubt it, but <laughs> I was going a little faster than, than 15 miles an hour at this point. And I remember both the Matthews were like, you're not going to take this corner going this fast because there's actually a corner uh-huh, that goes around the, the steakhouse, beside the steakhouse and yeah. lodge and at the time. You could confuse it for like, you might need to put a turning signal about how Right, right. How sharp that turn is. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm like, whatever, man. I'm go- I'm not going to, the, you know, just watch me. You know, like I acted like I was going to. Well, I went to pump the brakes and my brakes let out. Which car was this? This was the Buick. The Buick. This thing, there's so many stories of that Buick. Yes. Uh, wait, I'm, I confused that one with a friend, or Curtis, who also had a Buick. But the shocks were. Oh yeah. I guess they had been worn to their to the utter brink of it breaking. You just hear. You could hear it like if you'd set springs. Classic Buick's entry. Yeah. And um, my brakes went out, (laughs) and Zach actually was there with his nephews, and I think it was uh, Dan White's son Jesse. Oh, were the whites? Yeah. And uh, they were all fishing right there. Right on that. And so my brakes went out and I come around this corner and it's like, (laughs) my my wheels are squealing. And that was my first encounter with Zach. Just seeing his face, my face lock with his, he's startled because he's (laughs) he's thinking I'm going to hit these kids, mow them down. And uh, that was not my intention. (laughs) Brakes went out, made it there. Where I needed to and got the car stopped using the emergency brake. But okay, because it's a little bit uphill after that turn, but still, yeah, you can go fast. Yes. Um, so that was my that was my first encounter with Zach. That's hilarious. and uh, again, it was uh, his wife Sarah actually confronted me on that and was like, you know, you should go a little slow around those turns. And I'm like, I know, I'm sorry, my brakes went out, I couldn't help it, that sort of thing. But yeah, um, I actually. All that to say, uh, Zach was a, a great friend of mine, came great th- friends through me working at the C-Store, him working at the C-Store, same time. Um, actually, the way I knew we were going to become friends was he worked at D-Store. Remember the D-Store? Oh, wow. Yeah, that was forever ago. And we have, we have it a was a C-Store here, yeah. short for the uh, county store, solid rock, not solid rock. New new creation country country store. country store. Yeah. Which they just shortened the name to C store. We right. But then there's we used to have a dairy here and they had a gift shop set up there that they would call the D store. The right? D store. That's yep. very smart. So he was showing me the kind of the ropes of how to set up the D store for mm-hmm. the day. Um and we were driving there. He showed me all the whole setup and then we were driving back. We had that do you remember that white van? That crappy white van that we just shuttled back and forth. It, it was owned by the C store. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Robin called it the death trap. Yeah. I believe Robin was. It Robin, wasn't that box truck, right? 
It no, that truck. was the yellow box. The truck. yellow one. There was a white version of it that was really bad. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're driving along the dirt roads, right? Well, the door, just the, the sliding door just slides right yep. open. Mm-hmm. And Zach unbuckles his seatbelt. And he's like, I got this. And he like flopped in the back and shut the door as we're moving. And it was at that point that I knew we were going to be good friends. We just became best friends. All right. Yeah. Did we just <laughs> found that insurance? Yes. He's like, oh, so, got it now. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Zach had a sister that, um, that actually ended up becoming my wife. And uh, yeah, it's weird. She would just start coming around a lot. Uh, we could we borrowed four at that time we were working at this, the uh the lodge together. Right? Yeah, we were living and in the steakhouse. Yeah. We would have events like there it was the time of a lot of events mm-hmm. going on. We had mission conferences that would take place there. We had conferences, we had the start of like preview days and the uh, the early stages of what is now the Heartland Christian College uh, alumni or college there. What, I can't remember what it's called. The Friends of the College. Yeah. Kind of precursor to those. Those things were happening. I just remember, who is this that keeps showing up? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, who's this lady? I'm like, oh, Russell's talking to him. I'm like, that's Zach's sister. Or like, yeah. you know, like, look, oh, like, he's, oh, that's my sister. I'm like, I see what you're doing there. Yeah. And the funny thing was, you know, like she... And even in that stage of where we were at in life, you know, um, you know, she was kind of, you know, just graduated from high school and then, you know, kind of it took her going through a process with God. And so when we first met, she thought it was very annoying, actually. So I get that. um, It was (laughs) it was God taking her through a process and and, uh, you know, God really. Uh, equipping us and preparing us for the for that season of, of marriage, you know, eventually for marriage and um, actually, you know, went through like a courtship process. And oh, yeah, um, yeah, because you didn't do the official one here. I didn't not, do not the official, official Heartland one because right. she lived in Perry, Missouri, so yeah. it's about an hour from here. And so, um, just you did a, a you know, variation, I yeah. Guess pastor like just said, you know, accountability. Accountability is the big right. thing, and so as long as we had accountability, yeah. we we did great. So I, I want to bring it out just as <laughs> just as I was like, the courtship here doesn't involve invo- involves a lot less karaoke. From what <laughs> from what I heard, some of the stories I heard, I'm like, wait, what? I was like, no, I don't think she said this, but I remember referencing it. Uh, somebody, maybe Zach or someone. I think it was during one of your karaoke renditions of a song he's like she's like oh i think i like this guy no. <laughs> like russell goes hard with the karaoke i've only seen it once which is japanese for tone deaf yes <laughs> but uh i guess their family's big on that or something right like, uh, uh, well sarah's side sarah's side yeah, yeah like they're, they're, but i just remember like wait russell's karaoke and i was like this is awesome yeah uh like wow and like just putting out the language of love out there <laughs> um but yeah, no, I just remember that because <laughs> I just thought it was awesome. Right. The analogy. So she, she gone from finding you annoying as a guy to now finding you annoying as a husband. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, uh, you know, some people would use the term endearing, but, you yeah. know, annoying. Yeah. If you're, close. if those of you out there who are married, you know, exactly. You are annoyed by your spouse. <laughs> it's very true. Uh, it yeah. happens, but you still love them because of that. Right. Like, completely. But yes, you can be annoyed by your spouse. So, but yeah, so we got married in 2013. Um, and then, you know, so we, you know, her, you know, having her as my wife is just, it's such an 
awesome thing as far as and that's why i want to say about the whole vulnerability thing mm-hmm. that you know if you are married out there if you can't be vulnerable with your spouse yeah. who can you be vulnerable with sure you know your spouse has to become your best friend mm-hmm. and that's what's hard too because you know like this day and age you know how they refer to a wife you know she's you know they don't value them as their best friends you know the old ball and chain as they, yeah. as they put it and it's like that's not how it should be and that's not how the bible explains marriage you know and um you know so to have your have your spouse there and to be vulnerable with them to really and to communicate those things that word is is a word that i want to continue to get better at is that word communication right um that's at the core of relationship yeah it's that referencing back relational theology god first yeah the relationship between god and christ christ is the holy spirit the holy spirit that's that's yeah it goes god it goes god other self yeah but that's what that is that's communication that's god prayer is just communicating with god yeah um the Holy Spirit touching you as God communicating back yeah. and stuff. So it's very much, it's you, it's at the core. Right. It's shown very much so. And when you don't have that, when you're not vulnerable enough to, to pray and, and bring God, I, I have nothing to offer you and you still love me. And he's, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I love you. I'm giving yeah. you everything I can. So that takes vulnerable to admit your faults. Yeah. That you have nothing to offer, yeah. but I'm here. Yeah, you know, use right. me, whatever. So, man, that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome to hear, Russell. Uh, you've already talked. To, you pretty much answered my question. I think I'm gonna go to a different format uh, <laughs> from instead of just asking you the questions because you've answered a lot of those. People yeah. have been able to do. Um, what are you doing currently? You know, I know you're you're not a promoter. I want to say promoter, <laughs> a recruiter uh, for the uh, our Bible college here. But like, um, what are some things you want to tell our listeners about? You know, reach out some places they can reach out to. Uh, if they're looking for, we've talked about Bible college in this episode a lot. Right. The relationships can't, the, in all fairness, what are some other benefits for this Bible college here? So, yeah, I mean, you know, that motto that we have, prepare for life. Prepare you know, for I just, the more and more I live life on this earth, I realize what kind of life we're living mm, for. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what I feel like the Bible college is, is great at because it talks about the life it's that you realize that life is not your own uh-huh. that really this life is to be lived for god oh yeah and that you know as i as i look at as i took the education that i received you know now i'm applying it not only to marriage but i'm also applying it as being a father mm-hmm. i'm applying it as you know not only being a disciple, but also making other disciples, right. you know, in that process, you know. And so looking at every every part of my relationships, and I feel like you have to be able to, to have relationships that people above you, you have to have people beside you, and you have to have people coming under you, mm-hmm. you know, that that every point of reach, reaching point, you have to have those, you know. Are you looking... Are you looking at younger people? Are younger people annoying to you mm. and you just don't want to deal with it? Well, that's an issue. Yeah. We have to see the younger people in this younger generation and say, you know what, there's things that God can use in them because I know that because they used it in me. Mm. I want to be a Matthew Harbison. 
You know what I mean? Right. That guy that reached out to me, I want to be that for other kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see their giftings, their potential, you know, because again, you're as a teenager, you don't see it. Yeah. You, you, it's hard to see it, you know? Yeah. And so to have people come around you and say, you know what, there's more for you and I see it. You might not see it, but I see it. Right. You know, and to, to even just offer those words of affirmation. Again, that, that motto, prepare for life, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I, um, just being, go ahead. No, sorry. I just, more, we, since right now the times we're living in, it's it's forever changing. It doesn't seem that COVID's still hitting us. Mental, we talked for a short time before we started that the mental illness and mental, it's just, right. that's one of the things people are working on. When you, I think about our, our, our Bible college or alumni, the one you, you know, that one, the prepared for life. It, the, the thing that keeps coming back to me is it's that what kind of quality of life right. do you want? Right. Seriously. Cause you can be a poor person with the best quality of life. Just Christ lived that life. Yeah. He had the best life. He was stoned to death. But I don't think he's in heaven. They'd be like, Man, that was so hard. I think he's like, that was so Yeah, awesome. being crucified, yeah. I think he's like, that was, do you know how many people I got to see in love? Do you know how many experiences I had? To, yep. I, I, I reached so many people. That should be our goal in life, the quality right. of your life. Not not the amount of stuff, not the amount of, but the quality of your life. Do, who do you leave when you have relationships? When you leave a room, did you impart? Did you improve the quality of the people's life in which you were there? I don't mean, did you just go in there and start, you're wrong for doing this, you're doing this, and pointing out all their stuff. I was like, oh, I did God's work and walked out feeling prideful. Did you just talk with them? And yeah. through the process of who your character, the you know your past experience of uh, whether it was Bible college here or the schools you went to, did you enrich their life in some way? They leave thinking, man, that guy's awesome. I want to be like that guy. That guy was great. Uh, he didn't yeah. shove the Bible in my face. He was able to demonstrate right exactly, quite literally, what Christ did and what you referenced the Great Commission. He was doing that by doing what he did there. Yeah, it's not with an out uh, outstretched arm pointing a finger at stuff. Uh, it's literally done with. A route a hand reaching out saying hey right. man how can i do it what what can i help or just see an issue and trying to help out yeah and improve the quality of life around you as well as the one yourself you yeah know? so yeah preparing for life is a great model and right. I, I, I just remember the takeaway for me was being a lifelong learner <laughs> being mm-hmm. a life always learn more yeah from everybody you encounter our kids included your spouse included your oh yeah family, friends, whoever you come into, learn from those people. Yeah. Not just their mistakes. Learn that you don't got these answers. Improve your quality of life. It'd be great. Yeah. 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 You're better off for it. But Yeah, so like, yeah, I mean and that final relationships, you know, I know there's gonna be more relationships and there's probably some I haven't even mentioned, but like my kids, man, you know, that's one thing that I'm 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 really working on is to be the best father to my kids. Um, I have two boys. Oldest is seven. His name's Elijah. And the the youngest one is Judah. He's three. And just, you know, um, being able to teach him what a man of God looks like, you know, um, not only to be able to teach him that, but also to live that. Um, And, you know, Uh, in other podcasts, you know, I don't know if we promote other podcasts on here, but yeah, I'm th- all for it. there's yeah. one called intentional family podcast. And this is a great podcast. It's, you know, if you're raising boys, 
Um, it's these two guys that talk about, you know, how, you know, one of the episodes I listened to in particular that was talking about how it, it you know, there's, there's family on a mission, you know, and what that looks like, you know, cause there's, there's like, I think they explained it as like three different missions, you know, there's, there's kind of the, the mission that kind of you as uh that, you know, you have your own calling and your family just comes along for the ride. Mm. And that's not the mission that you want. No. Um, and then there's another mission where you, you just want to focus on your family and, and for some other reason, the homeschoolers are kind of guilty of this, you know, where they want to protect their family yeah. and they want to, they want to shelter them in a way and, and just have this perfect family in, in this kind of shell. Right. But um, family on a mission is different because it's it's basically talking about how we are to live, have a common mission with each other. And then that through that family um, really show God's kingdom on earth and, and kind of there's going to be an outpouring of God's kingdom on the earth. And I think that's that's what I want to work on right now um, is really is taking my wife with me and taking my boys with me and saying, you know, this is our mission. It's the kingdom of God, mm -hmm. you know, and really I'm taking a hold of that. And so, yeah, I'm, I love that. I'm definitely not the perfect dad, but I know who is Amen. and I'm going to rely on him. Yeah. You know, Amen. for it. I'm loving every bit of it. Well, uh, Russell, I appreciate you coming on, man. It was great. It's always great talking. Um, listeners, if you heard anything in that, there's so much to take away. Relationships. If you're looking for a Christian college that is, in all fairness, I got to be honest, it is small. We are attentive. But I got to be honest, it's affordable. It's just one of the biggest points I can tell you is it's affordable. Yeah. Price may have slightly increased while being gone or dropped. I think it no, dropped a little bit. We've, we've remained constant. Yeah. So $2,000 per semester. Yeah. So, so I we, mean, that's a great, I can promise you the quality of the teaching and uh, the people, our people have master's degrees or in the process of getting, but I'm pretty sure most of them all yeah, have master's, all our professor have master's, master's degrees. So. And we have uh, someone that Russell's talked to multiple times, Mr. Uh, Andrew, and I'm not going to say his last name for right now, but because uh, I'm not sure if I can do that or not. <laughs> but uh, you can search on the website and they'll bring up the professors there. Yeah. Uh, but he has a cornucopia of knowledge of some yep. of the some of the oldest language out there. Oh yeah, he's a language. And, and uh just so much knowledge. He teaches even if I believe right, he teaches classes at, at the school that I work at, uh yep. as well. Yeah. Yep. And so just hearing this man talk to so him, like, this man knows what he's talking about. The the quality you're getting is great. Mm -hmm. Um also same thing, I gotta be honest, it it allows for a more personal, a personal relationship with just the professors. It hurts. Parts of it hurts when it's that small because they can pinpoint when there's a, I want to say rabble rouser or, or someone who's who's not there for the genuine reasons. And to be honest, sometimes those people they stick out like a sore thumb because we have some people here, who God truly works for. Uh, yeah. Martha can single people out that are going through some stuff. That's God working through her. Yeah. Um, you got a uh, Darren Hannick who, while teaching a class, can it turns into a sermon oftentimes, right. but. I'm seriously, there's borderline where, you know, Holy Spirit's falling out in the middle of a class. Because <laughs> it's so good. What we're teaching is foundational doctrine. We're teaching some of the 
directly from the Bible. It's not, you know, sampled from something, something. It's, they're teaching from the Bible, the word of God, what we believe. If you're looking for um, a place to truly, truly deepen your knowledge about uh, Jesus Christ and the God you want to serve, the one you believe you serve, and how you're supposed to love, come to Heartland Christian College. Uh, they are waiting for you. They help. They will help you quite literally prepare for life. Yeah. Right. So um, we check the website. I think it's heartlandchristiancollege.com. Uh, it's heartlandcollege.edu. There you go. Uh, if anybody who's listening is uh, needs help, our recovery program. Once again, uh, they're not. No one sponsors me. I just want to make sure that people are doing it. Uh, right now, like I said, mental health is a deal. Uh, we came out of December is a huge mental health month, but we're in the new year, January. There's already stuff. We're already. Dramatic changes are on the way. Uh, if you are struggling with addiction and need help, reach out Heartland Heartland Community Church, I believe, and look for Heartland Recovery. Uh, there's websites online. Uh, usually, you can find us here. We're in the middle of Missouri, near LaBelle. <laughs> so right. please uh, seek us out. There's uh, documents you can download and see. You know, maybe seek a little bit of help here. We have people that are being certified every day on how best to. To help in any way, but also we have the best help ever. We have Jesus Christ. We have all our, we know we have God that helps it because the issue is not truly not really drugs in your life. It's it's ultimately sin, and our hope is to help you with that. Yeah, and and even if there's like questions that you have for myself or Charles, yeah, call, talk with the numbers are there. Reach out. Um, I don't. I'm not sure if we still have a prayer number going on or not, but they'll. I'm pretty sure even if you called our college and asked for prayer, they'll give you. Yeah. Um, we have teachers that are having time. Russell, I'm pretty sure if you call and say I need prayer, come call. Yeah. It'll happen. Yeah. Um, but thank you, listeners. I hope and pray you are uh, doing good while you hear this. I hope and pray that uh, the pandemic has not left you completely in ruin. But if this podcast is 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 giving you anything, it's giving you hope that God can, can overcome everything. So not just hope, but knowing that he can do that and bring you out of that. Um, I will have more podcasts uploaded in the future. I'm going to get this one out as soon as possible. We're in January, the last day, but February, hopefully, the first day of February, I can get this uploaded. Uh, Know that more will come. Dates might change. I'll do my best to, but please, please uh, continue to listen. Uh, Continue to seek God. Best podcast ever. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, guys. And uh, just want you to know I love you and appreciate it. Bye. (laughs)